passion and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, our one podcast. This might be college football heaven. Right now, we talk a little bit about Jim Harbaugh and a couple of other things with uh, Amanda Kristovich from Front Office Sports. Always great to see you, Amanda. Thank you. And uh, we haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks. And uh, it is the story of the day, Jim Harbaugh. And I know everyone uh, is trying to sort it all out. But what does it mean to college football that the biggest name after Saban, and he is gone, uh, is now gone as well to the NFL? Yeah, to me, um, the Jim Harbaugh move um, signifies that, you know, college football could have a coaching retention problem. You know, that's what I'm wondering. We talked about, you know, a couple of years ago, whether or not there could be a player retention program or problem if there were other NCAA options. Um, You know, but if I'm Jim Harbaugh, why would I want to stay at Michigan when I'm getting in trouble for buying cheeseburgers And, you know, I want the players to get paid. And, you know, there are a million lawsuits where the NCAA is trying to prohibit that. So, you know, I've heard a lot of folks in college athletics who are just sick of all the rules, honestly. And I wonder if, you know, of of course, going to the NFL, wanting to win another Super or wanting to win a Super Bowl, like, I'm sure that's the number one reason. But uh, and the weather in L.A. is pretty nice. I have to say, but I, I wonder if the retention problem is going to be an issue in college sports. Well, it's interesting because, you know, Saban presumably left uh, because he was sick of that as well. Um, and you're talking about two marquee items. Uh, the sport will survive, uh, but it is interesting uh, what you just said, because I know you spent a lot of time in the NIL space. I remember talking to you not that long ago. You were outside, I think, in L.A. Uh, a court during a court hearing. And there's a lot more of that going on. But but take us through uh, what it, what the mindset is right now, because uh, nobody has any control over anything. Players are have their hand out. Parents have their hand out. Coaches are besides themselves. And it brings a lot of interesting questions to our sport. Yeah, and and one other thing I'll add is that last week, the United States Department of Justice joined a lawsuit against the NCAA's remaining transfer portal restrictions. So, you know, the, the narrative that I hear a lot is that college athletics, you know, the transfer portal is killing college sports and NIL is, is adding to how crazy it all is. But I think I would want to turn that on its head a little bit and say that the NCAA's failure to, you know, be solution oriented over the past several years, right? They've been trying to maintain the status quo. And this is something Jim Harbaugh said, if you want transfer restrictions that are legal, you need a collective bargaining agreement. That's how they do it in the pros. So I think that's the big question. Is it you know, these these new lack of, of rules and restrictions that are, you know, causing issues for, for coaches and fans and, and maybe even players? Or 
Is it the fact that the NCAA has not wanted to change, has not wanted to, you know, move forward and look at the solutions that other entities use very well and very successfully? We're talking to Amanda Kristovich from Front Office Sports, who is uh, at the vanguard of this issue. I, I want to bring that up because Charlie Baker came out with this D1 revolutionary plan a couple of weeks ago. I, I was sitting uh, right, right next to him uh, about six months ago in Washington, D.C., and he blamed everything on the NCAA. And I thought, did I just did I wake up in an alternative universe? I mean, the guy's the president of the NCAA, but of course he was blaming it on his predecessor. Uh, is he going to be successful? I know everybody loves him and he's a great PR guy, former governor. But what has he done so far? What has what has Charlie Baker done for us lately? Um, well, I will say he's made some, you know, some some positive reforms, specifically with, you know, athlete health care, things like that. With regards to the proposal, I think the proposal, you know, and I'm not inside his head, of course, but to me, it seems like the proposal is an admission that he sees athletes should get a greater share of the revenue they generate, especially, you know, in the power conferences and football and men's and women's basketball, right? Um, but I think it's also sort of a last, a last ditch attempt to satisfy the, the people who want real reform. Like I said, like employee status, like collective bargaining, the people who are behind all these lawsuits, they're not gonna be satisfied with this proposal, by the way, but it is Charlie's attempt um, and, and yeah, I would add, I think he's, you know, remarkably truthful. He had a quote about how the NCAA's lack of action, you know, was the reason we're in this decision or in, in this situation in the first place. He said that in a hearing last week um, on Capitol Hill. And, you know, I, I, I admire his candor. I'll put it that way. I do, too. Um, but you have uh, a group of commissioners uh, that are at the table as well, and they're going to Washington uh, often trying to get Congress to do what they couldn't do. Uh, and, and they were part of it as well. So I'm, I'm just trying to figure it all out. I mean, it, we're getting progress. We're, we're getting the NCAA president finally to admit that everything that happened on his previous, uh, uh, on his predecessor's watch was a disaster. But what is being solved? Right. Uh, nothing's being solved. Um, and in fact, they're actively spending millions of dollars to not solve these problems. I think the discord that you're pointing to is the difference between what they're saying and what they're putting their dollars towards, right? Because the NCAA and, you know, we may not have a power five, but I'm going to call it the power five because over the past few years, they've all been funding this very sophisticated lobbying campaign, um, you know, in Congress to try to get an antitrust exemption, which is, you know, the layman's version of it is just saying that it would give the NCAA carte blanche to enforce any and all amateurism rules, right? So they're talking about reform, but what they're actually putting the revenue towards is stopping any reform whatsoever. And I think that's where we're all kind of scratching our heads. I'm glad you said that because, uh, the, I mean, I, I, every, deep, I mean, it seems like every couple of weeks everybody's up in Congress, and you know, they're if they're expecting Congress to do their bidding, uh, they're probably going to the wrong place. And and I don't think people understand the the disconnect between what players want and what the administrators want. But the, but the administrators do talk a good game about student athletes, don't they? 
They really do. And, you know, I'll say I, I've, I've been told, you know, in confidence that there are administrators who believe that there should be change. And again, speaking of Jim Harbaugh, he was one of the people, you know, in the public eye saying that he was in favor of change. But the one thing that I want to um, point out in response to your question is Charlie Baker talking about how he spoke to a thousand athletes and none of the athletes want to be employees. Well, I can tell you for a fact that there's no way that that is true unless he hasn't gone to Dartmouth unless he hasn't gone to USC, unless he hasn't spoken with athletes who have signed on to lawsuits arguing that they should be employees. I know for a fact that that's not true, unless he's cherry picking these thousand athletes, you know, or just talking to representatives. Maybe, you know, I just, I just wanna put out there that we're gonna be hearing a lot of athletes that the NCAA handpicks to talk about the fact that they wanna be amateurs. And I just want everyone to pay attention to who those athletes are, what sports they play, what divisions they're in, and who is the NCA not putting on the dais in Capitol Hill that could have a different opinion. No, well, you're, listen, you nailed it, and uh, that's why you're, you're at the front line of this this conversation because it, politicians always get people to cherry pick. So when they when the cameras roll in, everybody's agreement. So my final question is, uh, and it's a little bit complicated with all these uh, various court proceedings going on, but not to go through every one, because there are a couple of them out there, but what what is going to happen here if you had to look down the road a couple of months, even a year or two, uh, where where is all this going? Well, I, I wrote in a recent piece that in order for the NCAA to be able to keep its current amateurism model in order for athletes to know athletes to be employees ever. They need to bat a thousand, right? Um, with several court cases, couple of cases at the National Labor Relations Board, one of which you know we talked about, and I'm actually still in LA um, covering this week. So um, I, I think that we're gonna get a ruling in the next few months and then after we get a ruling from the National Labor Relations Board, um, there will be an appeals process. Uh, every single one of these cases is going to be appealed all the way up to the Supreme Court. So we could it could take a few years until we get a decision. But I think in the next few months, we're going to get an initial ruling on athlete employment from one of these cases. An amazing conversation. Uh, Amanda, thank you so much. Uh, it is great to hear somebody give some honest uh, reporting on this very important is issue. Amanda Kristovich joining us from front office. We head to the break right here and much more to come, including a trip to Baton Rouge in about 25 minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. 
They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com slash Paul. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMSS.com slash Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. And we are back. We'll head to Baton Rouge in just a few minutes. Right now, Dominic is up next in Pittsburgh. Hello, Dominic. Hey, Paul. How are you? We're okay, buddy. Did you get a chance to watch that Bama versus Auburn game last night? I, I did catch most of it, yes. Man, them Bama boys always beat Auburn. Football, basketball don't matter, don't you think? <laughs> well, look, uh, that is exactly what's happened lately. You're right. Yeah, I mean, Auburn couldn't stop them. There were some Sear super shots, Pringle posts up, Nelson put back, and right cell shooting lights out from beyond the arc. Well put. Yeah. Paul, you hear them crickets? Do I hear those cr- cr- crickets? Did you hear the crickets, Randy? I think I do. I think I do, yes. Yeah, I wonder if I man watched that game. He was talking smack saying, Blah, blah, blah. We're damn eagle. Cut the cackle. Your mommy probably had to give you kisses and tuck you in at the bottom of the swamp where you get your education when you saw Milrow on the screen and knew there was going to be some magic in that stadium last night. Dominic kind of, uh, you're going after a legend there, an I man. Oh, I'm not going after the legend. Legend's my buddy, but I'm oh, going okay. after I who does I-Man think he is? Talking so much smack. Auburn don't got nothing on Bama. Roll damn tide, Paul. See you later, buddy. Woo. The signature see you later, buddy. Always there. That's quite a call by Dominic. Yeah. Dominic is uh, always prepared for these calls. Yeah, uh, let's uh, continue here. Uh, always a, a thrill to hear from Elliot in Ohio. <laughs> I love that call, Paul. Hey, I wanted to call about Chris's call. I can tell you that Ohio State is not stealing players. What's happening is the players are getting together and they're building a super team just like LeBron James did back in the day when he built those teams. That's what's happening. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a Michigan player, Paul. What time is it, Paul? Do you know what time it is? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a Ryan Day better beat Michigan or get fired time. That's, that's what time it is, it, Elliot. It, it's 519, and the Big Ten still owns the SEC, Paul. That's what time it is. That's what time it is. Elliot, your team lost to Missouri by two touchdowns. And an exhibition. No, no. Hey, Elliot. Elliot, I don't. That is that is that was not an exhibition. 
That was a black and blue beatdown by Missouri over your vaunted team. I don't care Wait. if your players don't want to play. That's their problem. Uh, you shouldn't Did show you up and the collect, the, collect the $20 million for showing up. Did you listen to the podcast? It's a New Year's Six Bowl. I, I, I would have thought Ohio State might have been interested in that. That's a coaching failure. Yeah. That's an administration failure. That's a total failure by even, the Ohio even. State. Call Columbus Show and, and load us with that garbage. Trey is up next. Trey? Well, Paul, he also lost to Georgia last year and Alabama the year last time they played. Oh, yeah. So right. that. Well, we, we don't want it. They haven't done anything since 2014, Paul. When no, last time they won a title? Okay, then. So we'll just push all that aside. But, Paul, what a game last night. Man, I tell you, that uh, – those two, those two coaches over there, man, I, I love this rivalry going on in basketball now. I mean, the SEC has gotten really – we got some really great coaches. But Bruce Pearl and Nate Oates, they have really built this rivalry up with some great players and great coaches. And I love that last night. But, Paul, are we getting close to a fear of the thumb in basketball also? Are we, isn't that like three in a row? Is that three? Uh, you know, I really uh, – I think it is, but – I mean, I, I love the game, but let's not get carried away. What happens in March defines who you are in basketball, not late January. Well, I agree with that, but I'm going to tell you, what I saw last night was the Grave Digger Part 2. But I do have a question for you, Paul. Have you heard? I mean, I have it not heard Alabama fans this excited in a long time. They beat. They, they won a basketball game. Yeah, but they beat a number eight Auburn team. Yeah, at home, you know by the, the way. Rivalry. At home. Yeah, well, I agree. But let me ask you this question. Is NATO's going to become I Man's next villain since Little Nicky has left? Is that, is, is that what's going to happen? <laughs> no, I think he's going to be stuck on Little Nicky for a while. Yeah, probably so. Okay, Paul, one other question. Who you got tonight, South Carolina or LSU? Because I'm going to tell you, Mulkey and Staley are the two best women coaches in college basketball. I'm looking forward to watching that. So I hang up and listen, and thank you for taking my call. Thank you very much. Uh, Johnny B is up next hey paul thanks for taking my call i was hearing everybody talking about the game last night and i came up with a little uh jingle here uh, i've seen a lot of riffs like this before feisty little fellas proud of the uniforms they wore the place the players would push each other down but get called on a touch i've never seen a riff go to the monitor that much attention seeking riffs are one of my pet peeves Last night I got shafted by a ripped in tight fitting sleeves. How do you like that? Outstanding, Johnny B. I'll move you to the next round of American Idol. Let's uh, continue. Uh, Brad in Macon, how are you? Hey, Mr. Paul. Good afternoon. Um, who's, who's breathing a bigger sigh of relief right now? The NCAA for actually not having to get their hands dirty and investigate this thing or Jim Harbaugh running out going, man, that was close. I'm glad I got out yeah, of there. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty equal. Uh, and, you know, give Harbaugh credit uh, for a guy that couldn't couldn't do anything right for his first couple of years. He, he dialed some aces the final run around. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Took him three years to get there as far as building that team. But, man, I tell you what, he did a good job. And, I got and, and by the way, uh, after all that, it took a wayward yep. snap in overtime for him to claim victory. 
against, uh, right. uh, frankly, an inferior team in Alabama, but a, but a superior coach. That's correct. Yeah, you got to give him that for sure. Man, I tell you what, Arthur Blank just botched it again. That joker. I I, 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 I am in shock about that. I thought Arthur at this point in his career uh, could gamble. Well, I mean, considering some of the losers he's had, uh, why not go for it with Belichick? Well, you hit it right on the head, Paul. You said what it was. That's true. If they would have hired Belichick, there would have been some heads rolling out of that door because he would have said, no, we're not doing that. We're doing it my way. And guess what? We don't need you anymore. So that's exactly the way you call it. That's why, that's why he hired Raheem Morris. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I know some of these uh, system guys end up being Dan Campbell and, uh, and, and, and McVay and successful coaches, but most of them fail. Most of them are gone in two years. That's right. I got two, I got two wish lists, Paul. One of them is Arthur Blank, sell the Atlanta Falcons and go back into two world. Just run your little tools and stay at Home Depot. Yeah, go back to Home and Depot and at, uh, put an orange orange uh, apron on. Yeah, and be somewhat be helpful to society because right now you're you're not doing anything. Well, but but Arthur knows one thing. I mean, everybody was upset when Daniel Snyder left because if you're if you're one of those 32 billionaires, you never had to worry about being the worst owner. Now there's some serious competition, but but Arthur's okay as long as the guys at uh, the Carolina Panthers, nobody has to worry. Oh, you got that right, Paul. Hey, brother, enjoy the rest of your day, and it's, it's great hearing from you. Hey, thank you very much. Uh, we will take a break. We head down to Baton Rouge in just a moment, find out about the big game tonight, and it is a big game that uh, millions will be watching, and we'll talk about it right after this. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. LSU has the national throne. When it's all said and done, our players are going to rise to the challenge. When you play LSU, they call it the show like It's really a show. Oh, And welcome back as uh, we have been talking about it. Now we're going to head there. Uh, We're talking about uh, one of the biggest uh, basketball games of the year uh, in any 
in any classification, the women's game tonight between the number one team, South Carolina, and the defending champions, uh, College Game Day, will be there at 7 on ESPN, and part of that crew, uh, Andrea Carter, uh, joining us. Andrea, it's always great to uh, see you. It's glad that we're always just glad to be able to catch you because you're, you, you go from the NBA to college back to uh, who knows where. Thanks for the time. Tell us about what uh, we're all going to be uh, witnessing tonight down there in Baton Rouge. Well, Paul, thank you for having me. One, I miss just seeing you in the Charlotte offices, just walking around being like, hey, Paul. And I used to be so nervous to talk to you. So we've come <laughs> an extremely long way, my guy. But I'm telling you, tonight is going to be an incredible game for a multitude of reasons. You have two Hall of Fame standout, ridiculously incredible coaches that are be going to be going head to head. So that chess game that's so fun with basketball when it comes to what lineups you have, what defenses you're going to run, what offenses you're going to run. Watching Don Staley and Kim Mulkey go head to head to put their ridiculously talented players up against each other and put them in the best position to win. That's already going to be an immense matchup in itself. And then the talent level of these teams is amazing. So to Watch Camila Cardoso go up against Angel Reese. Those are two players that are potentially going to be lottery picks in the WNBA draft. You have so many different players on the court. I could honestly go on and on and on about the list of matchups as far as basketball goes. Three-point shooting, flashy ball handling, post moves, unorthodox post moves, block shots, fast break points. You're going to see every bit of basketball talent in this game from both sides. Andrea, the season began with LSU, uh, the pick, uh, and South Carolina was in an unusual position. It was a rocky beginning. Uh, I, I still don't know what it was all about. There was controversy. There was uh, issues. Where, where is this program now? It seems like everything has settled down, hasn't it? Yeah, I definitely think everything has settled down. I remember when we came here for LSU playing Virginia Tech and Kim Mulkey talked to us before that game and she said, this team is not a polished product. And that was after a lot of things went down. That was after Angel Reese returned from being absent from the team for a handful of games. Kim Mulkey was like, we're in a good place. We're ready to move forward. Some things just have to stay in the locker room. And she has stood on that statement since all of those incidents happened. She said this team is still figuring out how to play with each other. But to me, it seems like a group that's starting to put the pieces together. And the good thing is they don't have to be perfect right now. They didn't have to be perfect in November. They didn't have to have it figured out. You have to have it figured out in March. I wouldn't say last year's LSU team had it figured out at this time of the year. They figured it out when they needed to. So LSU is making their way. We've had so many uh, intriguing rivalries uh, in, in the SEC. You know, there was Tennessee and everyone, as you know, for a long time. Then, then we saw the South Carolina, Mississippi State thing pick up. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and now it seems like this is it. Um, talk a little bit about what this means, not only to, uh, to not for tonight in the SEC, but for, for women's college basketball, which is on fire right now. Yeah, it means a ton just to have, again, like I said, these Hall of Fame coaches. These are two coaches that are going to recruit a lot of the same players being in the SEC. They're recruiting a lot of players from the transfer portal. They compete against each other in a multitude of ways. The fan bases, the way these fan bases show up and show out for their teams, they are die-hard fans. Their arenas are loud. You can feel the energy through the TV screen. If you were just flipping through and you happen to spend one second on this game tonight, I promise you, 
sure you'll be hooked to this game, this rivalry, the competitive edge between both sides. It wins over people that are maybe on the fence about women's college basketball. This is the type of game and the type of rivalry where you pick a side and you stand on it and you stick to it. It's like when we talk about, you know, rivalries in the past when you had UConn and Tennessee, right? You turn the game on, you see Pat, you see Gino, you see the orange, you see the blue, you see the two styles of basketball. You pick one and you pull for it. I think last season I compared it to SmackDown versus Raw when you think about a top tier competitive rivalry. That's what South Carolina LSU has become and it's going to win over sports fans to buy in on women's college basketball. And I want to go back because last year at the Final Four, it, 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 I mean I know it was happening before that with Caitlin Clark and then LSU with all the stars. But take us inside that bubble, uh, and I, re I realize it's long overdue, and, and there have been these with Gino and Pat, so many great moments, but it seems like right now the, the rest of the world seems to be waking up to what you've known for a very long time about the sport. Yeah, everybody's catching on, and we'll welcome everybody that wants to hop on and hop on this train because we're going. And I really just feel like, Paul, you know it comes with, I think NIL has helped. I think visibility has helped. Social media has helped people buying in. You just have more eyes on this talent level. You have superstars that can handle the praise. You have superstars that can handle the pressure. And you've always had that before, but not everybody got to see it. Now people get to see it. And you fall in love with these players. You fall in love with the program. So I think it's a visibility thing. We have more cameras. We have more shows. We have more games. We have so much more now. For anyone that wants to watch a competitive game, they can tune in. And there are teams all across the country that can compete for a final four spot. So wherever you are, you can buy in and you can cheer for your team. I think it's a visibility thing. The talent has always been there. Now we have opportunities to share those stories, to put the talent out into the world. People are seeing it, people are loving it, and we're gonna keep going. Well, let's end uh, on a glitzy TMZ note. You mentioned the coaches already, uh, but, th but these are, are magnets. Uh, take us inside, the, I mean, I, they know they need each other because that's what propels great rivalries. Uh, but what is that relationship like between these two giants? Yeah, I, honestly, I think they say all of the right things when it comes to competing against each other. You know, Kim Mulkey said, Don's not going to outcoach me. I'm not going to outcoach Don. It's going to be the players against the players. But I think those two and the caliber of coaches that they are, they need each other. They fuel each other. They push each other. And that's what it's all about. You need someone across from you that's going to challenge you because it makes you better. And so I think those two, I don't know how they are when it comes to off the court, but I know on the court, they bring their absolute best, and that's what you do when you respect somebody. You bring your best every single time, and those two, Don Staley and Kim Mulkey, they're going to bring it. Well, Dre, we'll see you at 7 o'clock, uh, college game day, an hour before the game, which is on 8 on ESPN. Uh, so great to see you again, and thanks so much for making time. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> who is that person you're with? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who that is, actually. Some stranger just hopping on set. We need security. We need security. A dog fan, Lou. Love you, Paul. <laughs> yeah, well, good to see you. Thanks, Ray. Great to see both of you as uh, we'll be watching it in, uh, in just a little bit over an hour. We'll take a short break. Back right after this. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We are back, and uh, Squirrel is up next. Uh, how are you, Squirrel? I'm doing great. Thank you for taking my call. You know, we briefly discussed speech writers the other day. Do you think Dominic has a speech writer, or uh, do you think he writes his own material? Uh, I think he outsources it. <laughs> but uh, well, I love it. I love it when people read their uh, their calls. 
And so uh, if he would only throw in a few shout-outs, I think he'd, it would be the perfect call. Yeah, uh, Squirrel, as somebody who does this every day, uh, I challenge anyone to go, what, a couple of hundred words without a single stumble. Yeah, I mean, well, what do you, well. I mean, I can't, I can't read a script and do it correctly, let alone make a call extemporaneously as a 12-year-old without a single uh. Well, I'm not picking on a 12-year-old. Well, I'm not either, but uh, I liked him yeah. better when he was raw. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when you freestyle, that's always yeah. the best. And, and once he started reading, I mean, well, anybody starts reading, my eyes just kind of glaze over. We, we, and, have a, uh, we have a few that do that, Squirrel. <laughs> no, we've got more than a few. <laughs> and uh, like I said, between the, the reading of the text and the shout-outs, I mean, I don't know, some of these calls get kind of crazy. But, you know, we all need improving, and uh, – Speaking of that, I'm, I'm glad to see your number one leg humper called back in today. Your your mood visibly changed. Oh my! Oh man! It was. Uh, when I haven't felt this good in, uh, since the day before Saban left. Yeah, like I said, he he. Uh, your mood visibly changes. It's amusing to watch on TV, and you and you speak about collar school. You know, I've kind of become a one trick pony. I admit, over the years, I feel like I could benefit from this collar school. Do you think Jim would have me as a student? Uh, I'd have to uh, get Jimmy Sexton involved, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean Jimmy. I mean, Sexton. Jim I mean, said today I, I that mean, he would Jimmy turn Sexton. down. He would not. He would turn down twelve million dollars to run that. I wonder if he would have me as a student. I mean, I feel like I could learn from the. Other I people. think he should because you are considered uh, one of the preeminent callers, and he is considered the goat. I'm willing to learn. Yeah. I, I will give myself credit for that. I'm now, you, now the problem is, though, score. You remember you had that brief bromance with him. No, no, it was it was just a. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, it was a bromance. Okay, I mean, well, you guys, you guys, you guys. There was nothing like him and I man's relationship. No, no, I agree. But you guys talked for a while, didn't both you? Both of those guys. Both of those guys, you, they have been so irritable since they broke up. Yeah. I mean, both of them, you can tell. And it's just affecting both of them. I think they need to get back together. And they're sending out tentacles to each other, if you've noticed. Jim's Jim's extending an olive branch or two to, to Ivan if Ivan's picking up on the signals. So maybe they'll be back in the... Uh, well, it's kind of hard to hear those signals when you're in somebody's attic. You got that right. Look, I'm enjoying the, the, call, uh, the uh, show so far. Thanks for taking my call again. Aloha. Thank you very much, Squirrel. The one and only Aloha caller. Doug is in South Carolina. Hello, Doug. Hey, how you doing, Paul? We are doing great. Uh, got an old story about Coach Bryant. Don't know. I've been watching football for over 64 years now. He was getting ready to retire, and it was his last Alabama-Auburn game. And that was back in the days when Keith Jackson was on ABC, and he right. was always using those old terms, Donnie Brook and all that. Oh, yeah. Well, Auburn was ahead in the football game. I think it was 14 to 10. Coach Bryant was walking off by the goalpost, and they had a lady interviewer. She came up to her, to Coach Bryant, and said, Coach, what are you going to do to turn this around? He said, well, the first thing I'm going to do is get in that locker room and find out why we're playing like we think we're going to hurt their feelings. <laughs> That's great. And, and, and I, 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 that stuck with me, and I never forgot it. Oh, I do remember that. And so they come back out of the locker room, and they didn't play after that. Coach Bryant got that 
chewing done. They come out of that locker room. They didn't play no more like they were going to hurt their feelings anymore. That is uh, great. And I was going to say about the coaches. You know, Alabama, and lucky is not a good term to use for it. Fortunate is a good term for it. Alabama is a fortunate football program in the fact that they have been able to have two once-in-a-lifetime generational coaches and Coach Paul Bear Bryant and Coach Saban. I mean, you look at their records. At Alabama, they each won six national titles. They won unlimited Southeastern Conference championships. They won a lot of ball games. I mean, Alabama's a very fortunate program. And I'm not saying that they won't find their next once-in-a-lifetime generational football coach, but they may be some years like they were between Coach Bryan and Coach Saban, and it won't quite come up to the fans. Well, well Doug, you're, you're right. I and and I've, uh, I, I know my friends are tired of hearing me talking about it since I was able to uh, – intersect with both, uh, although very briefly, but it, it, it is wrong. I mean, Notre Dame's had some pretty amazing coaches, even even uh, pretty closely tied together, but but nobody else has, has uh, come close. Hey, thank you very, very much. Uh, apparently, we have a disgruntled uh, customer here. No, you know, I'm not disgruntled. It's just, it's just I, you never, it never fails, does it? You tell me. I can draw out that old, decrepit old man that old man, he's the old man. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Squirrel. Squirrel. Ronnie from Mississippi. He's decrepit. He's like, who was it said that the other day? I can't remember, but they got, oh, Augie, Augie told me that privately. He said, good night. I saw that guy. He is a decrepit, ugly old man. And he is, but he's jealous of me, Paul. Every time I make a call, I can draw him out. You know what? Maybe that's why I need to stop calling because I ruin your show by drawing out that. No, no, you, you don't ruin it, Jim. Uh, it's uh, following well, all, fo- following him is not is not ruining the show. No, I'm talking about drawing him out though, bringing oh. him on the air. I bring him on the air, Paul. He never fails to call and make some lying remark, you know, regarding me. He, I'm telling you, Paul. I give you as God is my witness. Everything that guy told me, I mean, told you. Uh, about our private phone calls about a, a year ago, whenever I was stupid enough to let him get my number and call me, everything was a lie, Paul. Do you trust me on that? Everything yes, he I, said, I, Randy, all tr- lies. Trust but verify. Yeah, we trust you. Listen, I'm telling. What, what do you want with a a stinking, uncreditable caller that lies about the best caller on the show? I don't understand that, Paul. I don't understand why you do that. I really mean that. Well, he, uh, you remember high school when, when the people would try to turn you against your friends? He's that guy. I mean, I go into the lunchroom, and he said, you know, that so-and-so was talking bad about you. But, but home does, it not, what, does it not epitomize, or if that's the right word, he's the epitome of I'm in, some, I'm in his head. Oh, yeah. How much room have I got in his head, Paul? Oh, you're, uh, I mean, what do, what do they say, living rent-free? It's stronger than that. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you've already got the mortgage. Every, he pays rent to me yeah. every month. And we're talking high interest rates, too, not not the, oh, the low ones. More than saving paying on that interest on that house down there. Well, Jim, I, 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 want, I want to make sure you don't misunderstand me. I am with you on this. I know you think I... I play both sides. You're, I don't. I, I never you're, do that. You're, you're with me on what? I am with you on the squirrel issue. Well, it never fails, does it? I mean, the guy is just 
Yeah, he's just an me. old crowd. I remember I saw him a couple of months ago in Oxford. And you know, he, you saw him. And you know, he's old. He's fat, an old, ugly, decrepit, decrepit guy. He's, a, like he's old and decrepit. Paul, Paul Augie is a pretty smart guy. He really oh, is. Oh yeah, Augie's a genius. He's a. He's uh, especially, to, especially to be a paralegal. He's yeah. got to be great. But 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 squirrel, I mean, really? remember when he tripped down the stairs? No, I'm not going to make up anything. I don't know. No, I mean, he that. did. I mean, I he came up on our set, and then he uh, he fell going down, well, I think, I didn't, didn't he? Oh, I didn't oh, yeah, see that. Oh, yeah, we, we well, have you know, video of it. He was, he was gawking over at, he's a pervert, and he was gawking at Laura. You know, yeah, I, I think you're right. He, he is an old, what is it, old decrepit? Yeah, old decrepit, ugly old man. Can you imagine Laura, how, how, how Laura feels when she, he... Thank you for listening to the best of the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Watch the Paul Feinbaum Show weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on the SEC Network. Plus, you can listen and watch on the ESPN app.